was a normal November night when she called. I was strapped in for what would be a long virtual catch-up. It happens all the time, you see. Every time she and I get together, we usually end up talking for hours. She enters the Zoom meeting. I then realize I haven't seen her in nearly three years. We both look slightly aged and exhausted. She asks if my mom can join the call. I tell her she probably can't. My mother works with clients virtually at all hours of the day. I text her just to be sure, though. But before my mom can answer, the most unexpected sentence falls from her lips. I'm getting married. And the wedding is in two weeks. Holy smokes. I immediately start phoning my mother because there is absolutely no way I could let her miss this beautiful moment. Some people dread their friends getting married. Some even come up with elaborate plots to break up the couple in order to get their man's or woman's back. But this is not that type of story. I was so excited to watch my friend take this step in her life. The only thing is, her wedding would not be like any Western wedding I'd ever been to before. This wedding would require a little research, a custom outfit, and a new perspective. My name is Janaya Alexandre, and this is Culture Shock. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Shock. I am so glad you're here. I hope your day is going well. My day is going very well because I get to talk about one of the highlights of 2022 for me. Um, like I said, <laughs> it's always so great when you're when one of your friends gets married. And uh, I was just I was just so happy, y'all. Like, I, you guys do not understand the happiness that was. I was skipping on the day of the wedding, okay? And this was only because this is one of my closest friends, and we had been talking about what this day would look like and who the, the groom would be and all of these things for so long, and I prayed about it. I prayed she find somebody because this was a really big goal of hers. Um, And, you know, some people may think that you know, having a goal of getting married and building a house is like way too 1860s, but it really depends on the culture you're from within the cultures that we had both grew grown up in, despite being different, being married and becoming a wife and a mother was part of, you know, what we were taught. Um, I was taught from a very young age, like that would be the biggest insult thrown at me if I made even like rice wrong would be like, how are you going to feed your future children if you can't even make rice? Or I remember my mom would be like, no man is going to want to marry you if you can't keep a clean house. Okay. Men don't like dirty wives. <laughs> So those are just the cultures that we grew up in. And mind you, my immediate family is pretty Americanized and I still got these speeches. So to take that as you will. But before we actually get into the love story of the bride and groom, let me just preface this by saying that their names have been changed. This is not their real names. I changed them to protect their privacy and I thought it would be really cool to incorporate some of the just 
just some cool cultural things within the story. So for all sakes and purposes, the bride, my friend, she will be called Erus, which is um, bride in Arabic. And the groom will be called Zaj, which is groom in Arabic. All right. And just to be clear, this was a Desi wedding. Um, if you're not familiar with a Desi wedding or Desi culture, um, it will look different depending on what kind of wedding it was and what culture it was from. But normally, Desi is a term normally used to indicate a South Asian heritage. So this would include people from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Bengal, and Nepal. Um, my friend's family, Erus's family, comes from Pakistan. So this was a Pakistani Muslim wedding. Um, and her ceremony actually does not look like any of this traditional Protestant or Catholic weddings that you would see in your day to day. This was called a Nika ceremony and a Nika ceremony is a Muslim. It's the traditional ceremonial Muslim ceremony. I said ceremonial and then ceremony. Oops. Um, <laughs> don't at me y'all. It's Wednesday. So it's going to look different even then between like South Asian Muslim Nikas and then Arab Muslim Nikas and then African Muslim Nikas. So there are a lot of different intricacies and differences and traditions depending on what part of the world you are from and as well as the religion that you observe. So that's a little fun fact. Um, and not all Desi weddings will, are gonna look the same. Um, for example, I think the only other Desi wedding that I had ever been to, I was, I think, not even 10 years old. So my mind, my memory and the machinations of my mind are an enigma on this one. However, I do remember this so, so vividly. This was back in 2010. Um, it was my cousin's wedding and he was marrying um, a lady from India. Uh, she would go on to be a very nice addition to our family. Um, and she was raised Hindu, so she included parts of her Hindu heritage within the wedding. So she wore a traditional sari during the during the reception. Um, there were there were little elephant statues everywhere. I remember that was the first time I'd ever had fried calamari, which I don't think is really Hindu, but you know what? Uh, that's like one of the biggest <laughs> standouts from that memory. So um, that was the only other Desi wedding that I had been to. So that was kind of the only thing that I had to go off of when I pictured one. Ultimately, a Hindu ceremony is going to follow different traditions than a Muslim ceremony. And, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning. So, like I said, it was a November night when she had called me and we had immediately got my mother on the phone. She told my mother. We sat and talked about it. We were like, okay, we didn't even know you were dating. And that's right, y'all. I did not know this girl was dating. At the time, just because of the pandemic, um, her family was very, very, her family was a lot like mine during the pandemic. Um, we all kind of just quarantined, shuttered the windows, nobody's home, don't knock. Um, and her family kind of did the same thing. She kind of extended her quarantine a little bit longer than my family had. And so by then I had not seen her physically in almost three years. Um, and especially because before that I had left for college and then it was just, it's been hard. Adult friendships are so hard. <laughs> so we ask her for 
the love story between her and and Zoj. And um, she kind of it's kind of unorthodox. Um, she meets him on a Muslim dating app, uh, which is I, which is what you do when you're quarantined and can't have a cute little meet up with somebody. And I he did not live in Florida because we're based in Florida. We're both in in Orlando and he lives in Georgia. So they were also long distance for the majority of their relationship. Their relationship was literally just a lot of phone calls, text messages and FaceTime, which was so hard. So the fact that they even made it to the altar is, wow, just amazing. He had come down from Georgia, I believe, one time to meet her family and, you know, you're probably hearing this and going, this is absolutely straight up bonkers. I cannot imagine never meeting somebody before I marry them. And honestly, I had told my boyfriend this story and he was like, so you mean to tell me she did not meet this man before marrying him? And I said, no, she met him once. All right. It's not like she never met him. This isn't a completely arranged marriage. She met him once. So let me just tell you, she met him once. All right. <laughs> deal with it and so he came down he met her family he proposed and they were just in they were engaged and they were engaged for about a good few months before at least before i was told okay apparently this happened in january so she had been engaged for literally all of 2022 so they had they had gone through a lot of different issues they had they, you know there were venue issues and then there was a matter of wrangling all the family you know especially the especially Arusa's family her family lives all over the place Literally, I got the rundown of the wedding. She's got family members in Texas. She's got family members in Virginia. She's got family members in London. She's got family members in Pakistan. So wrangling everybody and seeing who can come was going to be a little bit difficult. And I don't even know the groom that well. And I don't even know his family that well. So I'm guessing that probably was also pretty difficult. So I can't fault them too much for not saying anything until the last second. I mean, I was local. She told me when it was. I said, hell yeah, I'll be there. And unfortunately, I wouldn't meet the groom until maybe five minutes the day before the ceremony. In all fairness, Zosh was actually really, really nice. I mean, from the way he said hi, I could tell he wasn't a serial killer. <laughs> so when my friend had officially confirmed that I would be invited to this wedding. I was so excited. I immediately got to researching, especially because this was the very first time I had ever heard the word Nika. Um, and the Nika is actually the most important part of the ceremony. It is when the bride and groom are officially married under the laws of Islam. And obviously, I wanted to be respectful of of the religion and I wanted to be respectful of the culture and you know she Erus is literally how I know a lot of what I know about of Islam um you know a lot of uh, some of it is doing research on the internet but a lot of it is hearing her and and how her practice has been and she she's always so open to my questions because I do think that it's really interesting I think comparative religion is interesting so our friendship has a lot of a lot of our friendship over the years has been us going back and forth about you know how christianity and islam differs but also in the ways it is very similar so i just i wanted to make sure that i approach this with intention 
I wanted to make sure that this was, you know, this was something that she could look back on and say this was a happy day um, to the best of my ability. She didn't have a traditional like bridal party, which I don't even think is really traditional <laughs> in a in a Desi or even a Muslim wedding. Um, but I still wanted to do my part and try and make this as relaxing for her as possible because I've had other friends in this engagement season and being engaged and planning a wedding just not look fun. It looks no joke. Every single time I speak to a bride, she reminds me maybe I should just elope in the future. So in all of my research, um, I had first looked up what is a Nika ceremony and shout out to Brides Magazine. They actually came through of what to expect at a South Asian Muslim wedding ceremony. I kid you not. They had what to expect in an Arab Muslim wedding story. Wedding wedding story. Um wedding ceremony they had what to expect at an african muslim wedding ceremony it was wild so shout out to brides magazine y'all really came through um and so obviously there are differences in between south asians arabs and africans we've already been through that so um i learned about what it actually is which is basically it is the ceremony but it doesn't happen the way christian ceremonies do you know christian ceremonies you have the bride and the groom standing up in front of their congregation and the or the, the guests that they invited you have a pastor or officiant you know reading out how marriage works you know this is for life till death do you part all the fine things um and they usually say vows in front of everybody they exchange rings in front of everybody and then there is a kiss the nika is not like that at all in fact the nika <laughs> i almost missed it um i really almost missed it because i'm sitting at this wedding the groom is sitting there and Edus is, is yet to make her entrance and suddenly everybody goes quiet and I am actually sitting next to Edus's aunt and I'm like hey what's happening and she goes oh this is the Nika ceremony so the bride is in her bridal chamber they bring her a contract and they ask her you know do you consent to this wedding are you here on your own volition and she says yes. She agrees to the term set within that contract. It's I, I want to say that it was kind of like a prenuptial agreement where they agreed to a specific amount. They agreed that the, it was just to pay to a ruse. They agreed to certain stipulations within their marital contract. And she signs it. If the bride doesn't sign this contract, the groom doesn't even see it because there is no reason. But, of course, Edu signed the contract. Then they bring it to Zoj, and Zoj gets to be asked if he consents, if he is, you know, here on his own volition. And <laughs> Edu's aunt is very cheeky. She was like, the grooms usually always say yes. <laughs> and so his was, his took no time at all. And then that's when they're officially, officially married. Um, and this might differ depending on the culture, but that was the way that it happened for Edus and Zoj. So that was something that I had read about in Brides, but I wasn't expecting to see just because it was so quiet. I thought that Edus was going to be, it was going to enter and sit with Zoj and then they signed the contract. Um, but no, <laughs> it was all very separated. Um, and so 
that was a little bit of a culture shock for me having been to different weddings where you kind of see it all happen in front of you and this is kind of a little bit more private a little bit more low-key um and then preparing for the wedding in and of itself was a whole entire different story i mean there were outfit alterations galore and i didn't realize what all the fuss was about until i got to the wedding and i saw just how dressed up everybody was um i was pretty focused on my friend because she had had very specific outfit ideas. She had color ideas. She wanted it to be, and this is her saying that she wanted it to be a very simple wedding. So she chose very simple colors. But of course, in South Asian culture, the the outfits are so, so intricate and they are so, so beautiful. Like they, she had her outfit custom made in Pakistan. So she literally had to tell them the colors, the fabrics, what she wanted. And they literally hand jeweled it and handmade the entire thing. And it looked so, so beautiful when it all came together. I remember being the day before the wedding when I had met Zoj, um, she had invited me to, cause she also lent me a custom made outfit outfit not even lunch she gave it to me and honestly that i'm gonna cherish that custom-made outfit for literally all time it was in it was pants colored in nude and it had a long shirt that goes over it so it's obviously it's it's made to be modest um in most religions it is women are encouraged slash required to be modest with their dressing so it was about it was like cap sleeves it had a boat neckline but it also had matching pants and it had all of this beautiful like blue and brown beading and design and the pants because because the shirt came down to about where the pants flares out it did end up looking like just a two-tiered dress and it was just so beautiful um i was able to wear flats this wedding i was like thank god because your girl is not going to be dancing in heels i would later find out there's not going to be any dancing at this wedding cue tears So the ceremony was at this beautiful golf club in Harmony, Florida. I had never been there before. I'm not a golfer. However, I remember driving because it was me and my mother who were invited to the ceremony. So I remember that day I wanted to get there early because I wasn't sure exactly what I was expecting. So I was like, I I don't feel like this is one of those weddings where we could be late and it would probably be fine. Uh, for example, my godmother's brother-in-law's wedding that I went to in 2021, their wedding ended up starting, I think, an hour late. But that was due to a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts. So I it, honestly, people had, had started arriving late anyways, which ended up making them early. Uh, that's just the way it was. So I didn't want that to happen this time. I didn't want us to be the only two people who show up because full disclosure, my mother and I are literally late for everything. Um, I inherited that from her. Even days where I wake up and I try, like I intentionally set my alarm for way early. I get everything done way early. There is always, always something that holds me up that makes me end up being late to something. Like I could get up for my job at 630 and I have to be there at eight and I'm ready literally to leave by 730 not even 7.30, 7.15. And then all of a sudden I can't find my keys. I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So I was literally on my mother. I was like, mom, 
you need to get ready. And she's like, she's my mother. My mother works on her own clock. And that's something I also inherited her, from her. She's always on the phone with somebody. She's always catching up. I literally came to my parents' house getting ready to drive to the wedding together. And she's on the phone with somebody. She's doing her makeup. I'm like, is she not ready yet? My dad's my dad's in his bed like, no, she's not. You know, she's going to take a long time. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to go primp and get ready and stuff like that. So we actually end up leaving semi on time and this is only because I had texted my friend just to see how she was doing and because she was currently Eris was getting ready in her bridal chamber at this point I was in the bathroom getting ready I'm thinking oh my god we're gonna be late and then she texts me like no I'm fine I'm still getting my hair done I'm like sis you're still getting your hair done this wedding starts at four it's 3 30 <laughs> and she's like it'll be fine <laughs> it'll be fine um so then I go to my mom and she's like okay are we late I'm like no we're, we're, we're not even late she's she's still doing her hair she's like she's still doing her hair I'm like yeah 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 she's still doing her hair so my mother puts on this beautiful African skirt and she covers her head because we we knew for a specific part of the ceremony we would have to cover our heads in um, in observance. And thankfully, my outfit came with a scarf that I could literally just put over my head really quick and then put it right back. Um, I'm actually going to post the pictures on Instagram because I would really love for you guys to see because we did look good. We I I can't even I can't even front. We looked great. We looked really good. We drove to Harmony, um, of course, in perfect mother daughter fashion. We also both forgot the card we traditionally usually with nika ceremonies you don't really bring a traditional gift like a waffle maker or any household appliance it's usually always a cash gift only um so i we had the cash we just didn't have a card so we had to stop at dollar general really quick and i i don't know why i maybe it's the fact that i have seen and heard about so much anti-Muslim xenophobia over the years and the fact that I am 99.99999% black I was like oh geez I don't want to go to this white behind neighborhood with my blackity black self wearing this traditional Pakistani outfit <laughs> and then get harassed I don't want to get dirty looks I just want to go in and go out of course I can't because Dollar General always has a dang line and I was so pleasantly surprised as I got into this line with my card. This older white lady just taps me on the shoulder and she goes, you look so beautiful. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm so sorry to any of my white listeners out there. It is not that I actually believe that white people do not have the capacity to be culturally aware or are all racist. It's just that sometimes you hear things and your guard goes up. And even if you've never experienced it firsthand yourself, you hear other people's experiences. And I grew up, my relationship to race uh, was very different than a lot of my friends who are also black. I didn't realize that, you know, race was a very big thing until I was in maybe middle school and I started to kind of see it. And I had and I started to have more 
black friends who had been taught very vigorously vigorously by their parents like no this is how white people are going to treat you this is how white people are going to see you and even Eru's herself had told me many different times especially after 9-11 where her family was treated poorly because they were Muslim and because there was a lot of anti-Islam sentiments going around because of that unfortunate terrible terrible event and so just hearing these stories, you kind of become conditioned to kind of just be like, okay, there's a very good chance that I may have this kind of encounter with somebody. <laughs> Let's just be mentally prepared. So that way I'm not too shaken or too hurt if it happens. But I was just so pleasantly surprised when she said that. And then this other girl chimed in and I was like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and it was a beautiful outfit. I can't even lie to you. It was a beautiful outfit. I felt really nice. And, you know, to hear that confirmation, it just made me think, oh, my gosh, the world is so much better than everybody I spoke I have spoken to painted it out to be. I'm telling you, sometimes you hear people's stories and it's so unfortunate, but it makes you think the world is never going to change. It makes you think everybody is evil. Everybody's out to get you. You can't trust anybody. And you and sometimes you really can't. You really have to use your discernment. However, to hear, you know, people see see things like this and do things like this. And it just it's so I can't even explain to you like it just makes me it just confirms that maybe life can be a Disney movie after all but back to arriving at the venue we got the card we we were literally seven minutes away um the venue was beautiful it had this beautiful lawn with like chairs and string lights and everything that we actually didn't end up using um and we went into the ballroom um we were so early they hadn't even set up yet they were literally in the process of putting things down for this party. <laughs> and my mother was like, oh, my word, guests are going to show up and these people are still decorating. And she's like, and they're decorating in sweatpants. Obviously, the bride's mother is not here yet because I would not let this happen. Like my mom is going off. And so we we end up meeting with the bride's family i remembered meeting two of her younger cousins the day before when we were all getting our alterations done everybody looked so beautiful um there were people dressed in in beautiful two-piece outfits and they all had beautiful beautiful jewelry like everybody dressed to the nines for this event and honestly i shouldn't have expected anything different i had seen priyanka chopra's wedding to nick jonas and even that was over the top for a desi wedding all right i shouldn't have expected anything that anything less i should not have um we ended up sitting and just waiting for everything to start the bride was still putting the last finishing touches on her <laughs> on her outfit and you, that's how i know she's my friend because that would be me too we i would be late to my own dang wedding because my mother would not be satisfied with my makeup or my hair she'd be trying to fix things there'd be people hovering it, it, it's just the way it is um so eventually the groom comes down and everybody is like frantic they're like the groom is coming the groom is coming <laughs> and we're like oh what's happening and i'm like mom the, the, 
the groom is coming. And Zosh comes down. He's dressed in this. He's dressed in the colors that would eventually match his future wife. Um, he had this beautiful, like pale, pale green and white outfit and these really nice loafers. I think Zosh might be the only person I've met that that can actually rock loafers. Sorry, not sorry. And he had these this beautiful like wreath of flowers hanging like a necklace with his outfit. And as soon as he came down, like all of a sudden everybody would follow him like he had a literal entourage following him with plates trays of flower petals and it was it was quite it was quite a scene like we all went in we were all sitting um they had circular tables um but they were separated so men had to sit on one side and women had to sit on the other good thing my dad and and my boyfriend were not there because i don't think they would have appreciated having to be having to sit away from their women they're both very introverted and they know nobody at this wedding so they would have not been very happy um so we're waiting it would be another another 30 40 minutes before the bride enters um we use this time to mingle i got to speak to some of erus's aunts and her cousins and there were some people that i recognized and there were some people that i didn't my mother's like how do you know everybody at this wedding i'm like this is just how erus's family is like i'm telling you it is so cute like you've never met these people but these people will literally welcome you like you are one of them it is just and i always love getting together with her family because they're just so open like that eventually erus's mother comes out and her sister comes out they look gorgeous absolutely gorgeous um and they're kind of just you know looking around um conveniently as soon as erus's mother comes out i kid you not everybody changed their clothes while they finished setting up <laughs> and my mother was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i was like i i was like mom you need to you need to stop this in our wedding <laughs> don't worry about it and you know we're we're mingling the the groom Zoj. He's playing perfect host. He's literally taking pictures with people. He's talking to people. He's he's letting people congratulate him. And I'm I don't I don't know Zoj to me when I got a read on him from that from that two second high exchange we had the previous day. I thought he was kind of an introvert, but um he's like he was holding it down. He was making sure people felt welcome, and so eventually. Like I said, the Nika ceremony happened. She, uh, she, Eus signed her portion of the contract, and then the contract was brought to him. We were all quiet as he signed his part of the contract. It was then that it was announced that the bride and groom are now married. We're all clapping. It's great. And it would be another 10 minutes before the bride actually comes out, escorted by both of her parents to where the groom would sit. They had a beautiful little couch futon. I think a futon is a couch and they had cute little pillows and things like that and it was decorated galore and they were seated seated right before a photographer and videographer and the bride they closed the doors before edus and her parents would come out and i just remember it all went in slow motion they said here comes the bride and the doors opened and it was like a two second delay before we saw her and everybody was just like oh like she looked so so pretty she was she had this beautiful intricately beaded veil in i want to say i i forgot what color it is i want to say it's fuchsia and then she also had like a more subtle muted brownish green but it was a little bit paler so it looked more on the green side and it was just a beautiful color it complemented her skin tone so 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 well and 
it everybody fell silent as she was escorted it really did all feel like it happened in slow motion i was like i'm not a crier but you know i wouldn't i wouldn't have been surprised if maybe like like one tear had managed to escape my socket so she sits with zoj i think this is the first time that day that they actually saw each other um and she's not one for a lot of attention like being on her in this kind of way uh she is a little bit extroverted like me but i feel like especially because knowing her she didn't really want to have a traditional wedding she would have just been okay going to the courthouse in her pajamas point like verbatim she told me that and so this was a little bit of a of a fish out of water experience for her as well and I could tell she felt a little bit uneased but it was just it was so beautiful and I could tell the groom was all smiles when he saw her and I was like I know that's right I know that's right that at that point then we start doing that's when the prayers started happening so we did have to cover our heads um and their MC I believe was one of her uncles and they um he conducted the prayer he he you know explained the concept of marriage under the laws of islam and it was just really really beautiful and and we only had to cover our heads for that specific portion so after that we were able to uncover um everybody kind of went back to talking some uh, there were a lot of pictures taken a lot of pictures taken i did not get my chance to take a picture until well after the food went out <laughs> and there were some speeches and then we ate and funnily enough we had a cute little <laughs> we had a cute little incident with my mother oh i love my mom <laughs> we were we were talking to some of erus's friends and eventually we were all able to go to get up and get food and i was so excited i love middle eastern food i love the i love basmati rice i love naan bread i love it all give it to me all of it um and it was a serve yourself style buffet so we were all going down the line and my mother is allergic to beef and bananas and a bunch of other things so we did have to ask prior to taking things so that way she didn't take anything that was going to cause an allergic reaction um and good there were things she was able to eat there was some chicken there was rice and there were these vegetables and there were like a lot of different things and um Eventually, we get to the end where there's some salad and next to it are these three sauces. I recognize the green sauce because there is a there is a Yemeni place I love to eat from. Ironically, Erus was the one who introduced me to that place. And I remember that sauce is really spicy and it's not a salad dressing. Unfortunately, neither I nor nor Eris's friend could warn my mother before she takes two spoonfuls and puts it on her salad. And she's like, ooh, some salad dressing. And we're just looking at her like, oh, no. And so finally, Eris's friend is like, so that's not dressing. Um, That's a spicy sauce. And my mother's like, oh. And she's like, it might you might be able to eat it. Like, it just depends on your spice tolerance. Um. Let me just preface this and say all of the food was spicy. All of it. All of it. Okay. The the chicken was had some spice. Uh, the rice I got, I had gotten a yogurt sauce, which was spicy and it was delicious. But even I up to a certain point was like, I need to tap out. <laughs> and I got soda, so that made it worse. So my mother had like three things of non bread and all I see is her like try, like almost sweating eating this non bread and I'm like mom are you okay and she's like that's that's spicy I need some non bread to wash this down 
he still came. We're all dying as she's and she's just like, oh, I, I goofed up. I goofed up. She's eating, she's eating everything. She's trying to finish her plate. My mother can't even eat that much. And uh, she's just like, oh my God, this is too spicy. So eventually I tap her out. I finished some of her food. I eat most of the non bread. It was so, so, so delicious. And eventually we are able to get our pictures with the bride. I'm able to get a little bit of a, a conversation in with her and the groom and congratulate them. And then they do their ring exchange. And after that, they basically both exit into what is essentially their life. Um, this is supposed to be the most emotional part of the wedding. This is literally the bride officially basically leaving her parents and cleaving to her husband they they um leave together and the egg they exited and that was literally the last time i saw Eros for the night after that i was like okay i guess the wedding is over <laughs> you don't gotta go home but you're behind can't stay here uh, my mother and i say our last goodbyes and we leave and i just i just remember we were talking about it on the way home and my mother was like this is such a beautiful I love how respectful the wedding is towards women because I think a big common misconception that I always always hear about Islam is that it is anti-feminist and that women are subjugated and do not have rights and I think it's also bearing in mind the fact that a lot of Muslim women um either by culture or by choice decide to bear a hijab or even a niqab and because they're covered so heavily, um, people think that you know, people tend to assume that it's because they have to and that they're, you know, they are limited and they don't have any freedom. But the fact that they actually ask the bride and I think it also comes in, in mind that, you know, in older times, women didn't have as much rights and women did not have a say. <laughs> um, so now in as we evolved as a human race, I think as we started getting more rights for women, I think that also plays a very big role. Um, but, you know, the fact that they had to ask the bride first and the bride before signing, she's asked if she's if she actually does consent to this and if she's here on her own volition. Um, you know, nobody strong armed her into this. This is not, um, you know, just like your regular arranged marriage where she has to marry this guy. And the fact that they don't have the wedding until she actually consents is wonderful. I also think because I had mentioned earlier within the contract, there was a specific amount that he had to agree to give her. This was in the case of divorce. This is the amount that the groom would have to give. This is the, the amount the, the groom gives to the bride that the bride keeps aside in case of a divorce or a separation of any kind. Um, and this is to help her manage to stay afloat and stay on her feet in case her household was to be split in any sort of way, God forbid. Um, and so there are a lot of different ways that that. I saw women being protected in this certain type of 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 way. And I think a lot of people want to assume just because they hear so many things and they see so many things. I t I'm telling you, you hear people's stories. And even if you don't want to believe it yourself, you've already internalized it. You're already going to have a, relax a reaction and maybe even an unconscious bias to it. And so I I think that because of that, people are so willing to believe these notions and assumptions. But honestly, I really do think that that was a very beautiful thing. And I think that it really was respectful to 
to her as a human being. Um, and she didn't even end up taking her, Eros didn't end up taking Zosha's last name just because um, apparently in Islam, when you go to, well, when you go to their proverbial heaven, um, you are called by your father's name, not your husband's name. So she kept the name just to make sure. <laughs> she was very, very adamant about keeping her religion at the center of her wedding. And I respect that wholeheartedly and fully. And I think another thing that I learned was I think I think that <laughs> I think that Daisy weddings, um, for all sakes and purposes, they all happen in so many different forms. And when I look at my friend's wedding versus my cousin's wedding way back when, I see so many similarities, especially in the in the colors and how everybody shows up and everybody's dressed to the nines. But I also see the differences. And I think those are all very, very beautiful. I also see the similarities between you know muslim weddings and christian weddings you know they make sure that in in the sense that the bride in the in the nikah ceremony is escorted by her parents and essentially brought to the groom by her parents just as a bride in a christian ceremony is brought to the groom by her father um but i also saw a lot of different i saw a lot of differences in the sense that the bride in a Christian wedding doesn't get to really consent. It's usually who gives this bride to be wed and it's her father um, versus the bride before she even comes out, before she even makes her entrance, has to sign that this is what she wants. This is on her volition. And this is, and if if she doesn't want it and she changes her mind, there's no wedding. That's it. That's all folks. So these were some of the things that I learned. Um, and I think that if you do have an opportunity to go see this type of wedding, I definitely recommend that you take this opportunity. And I do recommend that you do your own research and you learn about why they do the things that they do, just because it's always so cool to hear about why people have specific traditions you know while i was doing this research i was also you know doing research on on marriage within the christian sense because there is no blueprint in the bible for a christian wedding you know a lot of these traditions have kind of been made <laughs> throughout history um when you know catholic weddings were made on the, based on the theology of the early catholic church and obviously the early church split between the catholic church and the eastern orthodox church which would then split into the 95 theses with lutherans and then you know you've got baptists and methodists and everybody has their different way of doing things um but there really is no real fine blueprint dating back and honestly there isn't even a really fine blueprint dating back to jewish weddings either i had learned that a lot of Jewish wedding traditions were made after the fact and were made to observe specific things like the breaking of the glass to represent the shattering of the temple in Jerusalem. So there were just so many, so many different things I learned about weddings. Um, I also got to kind of see secondhand just how stressful it is to do a wedding. I now officially dread the day I have to plan a wedding. If you are a bride out there, I am definitely definitely praying for you and i and i hope it gets better um maybe i'll leave you with this the wedding is only supposed to be a precursor to your marriage so if your wedding's crap at least you have your entire marriage 
to not make crap is not a determination of how good your marriage will be. Your wedding is just a day that everybody gets to celebrate a family coming together, two people becoming one, etc., etc. Culture Shock is a Editagio project. Editagio is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to spreading cultural awareness one story at a time. If you have a story you'd like to share, please slide on into my DMs at sign H-E-R-I-T-A-G-I-O. Once more, it is at sign H-E-R-I-T-A-G-I-O. I would love to meet you and I would love to hear your story. Until next time, y'all. Huda Hafiz. <laughs>